Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. That has not changed since uh, yesterday when I woke up. And all month long, we are talking about Mindful May. And that involves also taking care of ourselves, being a little bit more gentle with ourselves mentally. And, you know, we've had some great guests on so far this month, but I know this one is not only going to help us to take a look at, you know, kind of resilience. Definitely, we're going to talk about that. But going to actually have, uh, I believe, just a slight wee, wee bit of fun. So my guest right now is, <laughs> and he's already laughing because he knows. So Dr. Steve Iacovelli, aka the gay leadership dude, which is trademarked, by the way. Trademark, yes. And I can't wait till I tell you a little story about that. He's the owner and principal of Top Dog Learning Group, LLC. It's a leadership change management and diversity and inclusion consulting firm. They're based in Orlando. You all know that I'm planning to get to Florida to live there at some point in time. But he also has affiliates whom he calls Top Doggers throughout the globe. So Steve and Top Dog provide guidance and solutions in leadership and organizational development, change management, as we said before, diversity and inclusion consulting, instructional design, custom e-learning creation, and probably 10 other things. I think he doesn't sleep. And if he does, <laughs> I bet he's coming up with new ideas. So he's done, you know, many things that I've done, like keynotes and facilitating leadership development programs, but he's had some incredible clients, many Fortune 500 companies like Walt Disney Company, Bear, Accenture. Um, he's provided one-on-one -on -one coaching experiences for groups like IBM and Convestro, the Public Library Association, mm -hmm. and he's also worked with people like Tupperware Brands Corporation. So, you know, he knows how to put a lid on it. So <laughs> and before, <laughs> before we uh, get to the basis of this, I also want you to know that he is an award-winning and critically acclaimed author of his book, Pride Leadership, Strategies for LBG, LBG, LGBTQ+. Boy, I can't even say all the letters together. That's okay. It's a lot right of letters. It's a lot, a lot of letters. So let's see if I can do it right. Pride Leadership, Strategies for LGBTQ plus professionals to be the king or queen of their jungle. And it came out in June of 2019. But the last thing I just really want to say is, um, you know, what we're going to talk about a lot of things, but, you know, having a guest that is really absolutely focused on inclusivity and diversity. It's not just a catchphrase. I think we think that, you know, right now that maybe, you know, the world is, is just now just grasping with this idea of diversity and inclusion, but this is really a part of who we need to be as people and how we not only help each other, but we help our businesses thrive and grow throughout the world because guess what? We're kind of a diverse world with lots of different people. So joining me is <laughs> Training me is my new friend. I already feel like I know him. <laughs> Dr. Steve Iacovelli, Hello, aka Michael. a leadership dude, trademark. Trademark, TM, TM, the only TM. one in the world, <laughs> at least in the US, legal system. 
Yes. And I, as I didn't say too, as I told you before we started taping, I loved it every time I got the pop-up, you know, notification for this email. I'm like, I can't wait to meet the gay leadership dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because um, when I was, you know, and I know we'll talk about my book, Pride Leadership, but when I was kind of in, in that process, my amazing publisher, uh, she's also like a marketing whiz. And, and she's like, you know, you have your business brand, but you need a personal brand that goes with this book mm-hmm. because you're going to sell your business for a gazillion dollars someday, but you're not going to sell, you know, the rights to your book and who you are as, as a thought leader. I'm like, you know, that's a right. good point. So that's kind of how the gay leadership dude was born or came out, if you will. Um, Cause I figured, <laughs> I figured, you know, you, you know, three things immediately from that title that I'm gay, that <laughs> I self-identify as a dude and that I really like to talk about leadership. And so it's kind of front and center right out there to have a chat. I love it. So, but just because I know I don't want to forget this, just tell quickly the story about when you decided to, uh, to do the audio for your own audio book. Yeah. So the, the plan was always, you do, you do the, the paper book first or the, you know, the tangible book. And then uh, her recommendation was one year later, gives you something to talk about, gives you some time to do it. So I had planned on summer of 2020 to have premiered the audiobook. So the spring we started working with the, the audio engineer and it was of course right when lockdown hit and mm-hmm. just internet was all funky. People were all running to it, book schools, all that. So we just couldn't get good audio because we tried to edit it during kind of live while online. So my awesome editor, uh, Tony was like, hey, you know, you're just gonna have to record your files, find someplace really quiet in your house, set, you know, record the stuff, send me the files, I'll clean them up, we'll get them like ready for audible, all the good stuff. So of course the best place to record my uh, book on gay leadership was in the closet and with the dog bed over my head for acoustics. So yeah, my gay book was right in the closet. And, you know, I hadn't even thought of the acoustics because, you know, as we were talking, I was like, I, cause I know it's time for me to record the audio books of both mine and they've been out for a couple of years. But as you were talking about the acoustics with the dog bed, I'm like, I have my cat bed over there. So I think Perfect. I've already picked out the closet because Perfect. it's got all my dresses in it. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to send you a picture. I took a picture. The only bad thing was, you know, again, I'm in Orlando, Florida, and this was around um, April, May when, when I was oh. doing this little project and it was a bit warm in my unair conditioned closet. I just found out. So I was going to say, I bet that was getting really hot. Then you can say it's getting hot in hot here. In oh, I'm not going to sing that. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you sit by your clothes? So, yeah. Throw <laughs> all your clothes out. <laughs> no, they're acoustics. We need it all. There you go. I know we got it down. Well, you know what, Steve, I gave a couple highlights to your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, Top Dog Learning Group, and, you know, how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yes. So, um, you know, again, Steve Iacovelli, he, him, and his are my pronouns. Um, But I like to think of our our top dog, dog house, if you will, sitting in the center of three kind of different but insanely complementary areas. We play around with, of course, leadership and organizational development. We focus on diversity, inclusion, and creating a sense of belonging in the workplace. And then we play around with change management and resilience. And if you know any of those topics, you know that they're gorgeously threaded together. And so we try to sit in in that center and, and how we play in those three areas is looking at things like you said, um, formal training classes, whether that be virtual or in real time, you know, oddly enough, my doctorate's in instructional technology and distance education. So the world of Zoom and all that fun stuff is not foreign to us here at Top Dog. Um, but doing some coaching sessions, both group and executive, 
we have a bunch of off-the-shelf solutions that we share with clients and some straight-up consulting. And as you said, we, we typically play with the big dogs, no pun intended, um, usually <laughs> larger Fortune 500. I know I've done this before, um, but usually larger Fortune 500, uh, as well as a large not-for-profit folks out there. And, and that's kind of where we stay. We also do sometimes uh, focus on um, those smaller, you know, mom and pop or mom and mom or pop and pop shops, however you'd like to, to do that, that combination. And of course, uh, as you said, um, through sharing my story with Pride Leadership, through playing with all these leaders over the past 20 blah, blah, blah years, um, really been, been able to kind of shock people's uh, potential by helping them put that mirror back on them to see how much of a consciously inclusive leader they are or they could be if they kind of think about things in a little different format. Um, I have two questions for you. I mean, I have a ton of questions for you, but just <laughs> right off the top, just you know, um, when we started, I think it's what it's been in the last two years where we really started seeing people use their pronouns. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, it was really kind of a shocker to me because I, because I just, I guess I'd never really thought about, about it, but it makes a lot of sense. If people identify in a different form, you know, different gender, then it gives you the opportunity to say that. But do you think, I mean, I think when it first kind of became to be a norm and like you go to meetings and things and you could put that on your, your name tag, for instance, at a conference, but do you think that's really sticking? Do people, are, are, are people really using this um, on a daily basis and is it making a difference? Well, it's, it, it's a great question. So what it does is it normalizes the conversation of pronouns. Pronouns are insanely personal, just like your name yeah. is. And, and so yeah. what, what we're doing is by you know, putting it out there, as you can see for those watching, that's in my Zoom, it's in my email. I, I mean, it, I, at every presentation, every keynote I do, I always just quickly say my pronouns, he, him, and his. I don't make a deal out of it, but I put it out there. And it's it, it normalizes it for the general population. But for my trans brothers and sisters in the audience, it is a massive little flag that says, I'm an ally, I'm here to support you, I see you, I love you, and there's that. And that's kind of where the, it goes both ways. So it, it really is that sign. It's much like in physical spaces where people will put, say, you know, this is a safe space, they'll put the little rainbow, hey, I'm an ally right. kind of thing. It's kind of that way, except maybe in a different, uh, different format, showing that I'm an ally and a place of support and honoring your authenticity in the workplace. And we can all do that just to be more inclusive. I that see I never thought of that and I think that's really important. So, you know, I I just haven't done it just because yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it that much. But I do see that, you know, in areas for all of us just the subtle ways to show that yep. we are more inclusive thinking anyway is great. So, that's that's really impactful. Um my second question is more from, you know, just a a total like envious standpoint is, you know, how did you get to work with all these incredible companies? <laughs> Are you just like totally dialed in or did you, you know, just Love. start at the bottom and <laughs> keep going up till you found one that, uh, you know, it, said yes? Yeah, it's, 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 I've been really, really lucky. So Top Dog's been around full, as my full-time gig for 13 years. Um, a friend of mine and I actually started it in 2002 as a part-time kind of side hustle when we were at Disney Cruise Line. And so, oh, you know, yeah. so, you know, we, we kind of got to meet different folks throughout our journey. And, you know, I went to IBM for a couple of years as an internal consultant. I was a professor for like a hot minute after I got my doctorate. <laughs> Didn't stick very well. Um, but, you know, like you just, just start picking up these really fun, cool relationships along the way. And you just don't know where they're going to go. And that's kind of how it fell into play. Like, for example, um, very early on in the full-time talk dog days, I got a gig with the Public Library Association. Lovely, lovely, lovely. 
they're still a client to this day, you know, 13 years later, we keep doing fun stuff together. But then they introduced me to their parent group, which is the American Library Association. And then we played around with the Gates Foundation, who was doing a lot of funding for them at the time. And so you just start playing with people. And if, if you're doing it right as a, as a business person, as a leader, people will still want to work with you when the project's done. And they'll remember that. Um, they right. want to be that, that um, you know, less about the service provider to quote Masters Green and Galfer, the trusted advisor, if you're not familiar with that book. But you know, when you get to that trusted advisor stage, people are just like, hey, Steve, I got a project for you and Top Dog. Cool. What you got? And you, you just right. keep those relationships going and, and growing, if you will. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I it was funny about well, I, it's probably about this time last year. You know, when we still thought the world was turning. It's fine. And we're like, <laughs> oh, you know, all that an amazing year of programs. I have uh, speaking opportunities around the globe that will last yeah. forever, right? Womp, womp, womp. Uh, and I, rem I remember when I, you know, I finally got, you know, done crying and curled up in a ball, sucking my thumb in the corner. And I was like, okay, Sherlock, what are we going to do about this? And you know, if I start calling myself Sherlock, we got uh -oh. some serious talking uh -oh. to do. And I realized that although I had been um, very good, for instance, at getting um, recommendations after I did a speaking program, and I put that like on my speaker bureau profile and things, that I hadn't been very good about updating things on, for instance, LinkedIn. That's where my yeah. biggest following was. And I so I really made this massive effort to go back and connect with some of those people and say, hey, you know, I as you know, things are, you know, interesting right now. And I would really love it. Remember this email where you told me how awesome I am? Could I just copy and paste that and put that on my website or my speaker? <laughs> and then we'll put it in LinkedIn. They're like, yes. And just reviving yeah. some of those longer term connections open some doors again. And Absolutely. that, you know, sometimes we're so, you know, eager to move on that, you know, that we lose sight of some of those relationships from the past that really, if you nurture them the right way, they will continue to feed you either through referral or increased business. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, you know, much like so many other people really hit hard. I mean, so what we typically do at Top Dog is we have a handful of, of pretty darn big clients and we are the leadership vendor for them. And so we book that pretty much by February of the following year. So most of my year was already booked come February 15th. And mm -hmm. so I had my top doggers all ready to go and we're knowing where we're heading in the country and such. And then of course, all of that went away. Um, yeah. And despite having a doctorate in this stuff, this distance learning, I didn't have a lot of online things that I offer clients. I didn't need to. And so yeah. it's just like, oh crap. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it, it, but it was, it was for me, glass half full, the push that I needed to think about how can I help people differently than I had been. Um, and I, I've kind of liked that opportunity. Now, granted, it, I did sit in the corner and with my thumb and sucking it and saying, hey, Yacavelli, what are you doing? I get that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it actually turned out to be one of our best years ever. And what I liked about it more so is that it forced us to diversify in a very, very different way. And, you know, yeah. kind of like you, I had my keynotes all set to go. I said, you know what? I have some cool software like this stuff I'm doing here where I can do this virtual. I can still engage you. It's not a big deal. And people are like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And aren't they now calling me again this year to say, you know, we're still virtual. We want you back. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. cool. You know, and, and it's, it is, I think, when we get out of the other side, whatever that looks like, I think there's going to be a lot of really cool blessings in the yes. workplace, especially about being inclusive in so many senses of the word and how we approach work and getting work done and connecting. And, and I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, it, you're absolutely right. And you actually just reminded me of one other thing. I've had a, a number of great blessings that has come out of this also, including for so long, I'd wanted to develop an app because I knew mm. that 
I wanted to connect with people after I got done on that stage. You know, you've got a thousand people who love you. And then, you know, the next speaker comes up and they love that person too. Love them too. <laughs> and I wanted to be able to say, Hey, download my app. It's free. And you know, we'll stay connected. So we finally did that. But one of the things that I, what dawned on me, it like woke me up in the middle of the night <clears throat> about six months, uh, not six months ago, about three months ago, we still haven't figured out how to do this perfectly, but my team has been testing it is that is, you know, with a lot of the video things that we do in all of our kind of online courses, or even our like a motivational thing is to, to caption them. And I hadn't been captioning. And I have a number of people who are hearing impaired to some level and just that captioning, we haven't gotten it to where I'm happy with how it looks. So we're almost there, but you know, it's, I had somebody reach out to me who I've known for several years. And she said, thank you for finally doing this because no, you know, some people do, but not enough people do. And it makes a difference for me to be able to fully understand a message, even though through my Mm -hmm. hearing aids, I can hear, I can't always understand, but then that, that fills in the gaps. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. And, and I, I too have, have always kind of gone the captioning thing and, and, and two things have happened. One, you know, I, I started doing it not just for, you know, people who are, are, are differing in their hearing ability, but also because I work with so many folks where English is a second language. And I know having lived abroad and being forced to translate in my head, it's exhausting. So I'm like, if you can get it whichever way you like, audio or visual, have at it, friend, go ahead and do your thing. And then um, as I started to do those things and put them on my website, then uh, my marketing friends are like, you know, that's really good for SEO. I'm like, SE what? I don't know that. And I'm like, oh, that does make sense, doesn't it? So there's that added benefit (laughs) to you in the background as well. Yeah. And it is important. I mean, uh, inclusivity and diversity means a lot of things and, and it's, it's important that we keep our awareness to as many as possible. Like I said, we still have not gotten this right yet with my company, but we are very close. And, um, and I think it's, it's just great to start the dialogue about how we're all trying to make sure we're taking better care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Allyship is a massive, thread throughout all of my conversations in whatever we do at Top Dog. And we just launched um, a, a year-long leadership program for a client. And uh, it was really, really exciting to watch. So I kind of like, this is, the, this is the great thing about Zoom. I could just jump from room to room with my my Top Doggers doing their thing. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm not checking up. I'm just there to support you. They're like, no, we totally get it. And it was so fun to watch them engage in these different technologies. And, you know, it's talking about being an inclusive leader. And I'm like, this is awesome. So I, I'm excited because it's, it's also getting different reach within their own respective businesses because there are people in the room from different divisions, different countries, and, and they're like, wow, I, I wouldn't have been able to meet this person because, you know, budget's tight. I'm not always able to fly down to XYZ place to go see these classes. So I'm, I think it's really exciting. Yeah, you know, I, I keep thinking um, as you're talking and just even getting people from one business in the same room together that not only don't maybe they don't see each other often, but they don't really think about how the business of the other person may impact them. And I, I have this great story that I, you know, I was leading a very, very large team. We were going through a massive restructure. And so I ran the sales division. And so you, you always have this kind of love hate relationship between sales and marketing (laughs) and, you know, and so my sales sales team, you know, one day the phone just starts blowing up and I see emails coming in. I'm like, oh boy, I don't know what's happened, but you know, let's take the <laughs> first call. And I, you know, I got people going, what's marketing trying to do? They're screwing us over. And, you know, well, turns out probably like 95% of ads that went out to 500 clinics in the U S 
were all screwed up. They either had the wrong dates for promotions. They had the wrong phone numbers, the wrong addresses, the wrong details. And so here's my team like, they're screwing us over, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I remember just thinking, okay, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to handle this? And so the first question I started asking people is, do you really think that someone in marketing got up today and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to screw over the sales division. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> they're like, okay, well, maybe not, but they screwed it up. I'm like, okay, so yeah, it got screwed up. What's our role in it? Well, we didn't make the ads. Well, maybe you should find out how they're doing. And when we really uncovered the issue, they were doing so many ads at such a fast pace that they couldn't proofread them all. And even if they did, they didn't know because our clinics had changed, the names were changing. And so I said, how about we get in there and help them? Maybe you're the last line of defense to proof that last ad. Yeah, yeah. And boy, I'll tell you, they had a new appreciation when they got done of like, I had no idea they were trying to look at 30 ads per person in one day. I'm like, I bet you'd screw something up too, wouldn't you? <laughs> 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 I, I think about my book and how many eyes have seen this darn book and I'm still finding typos. I'm like, come on. There's like 18, 18 sets of eyes going through this thing. <laughs> I had to stop because when, when I did the second edition of my first book and I still found typos, I'm like, I just have to stop looking no. for it. I don't care no. if you find another one. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to know that it's on page 37. <laughs> I, I make it a joke now. And when I'm doing my, my keynotes and stuff, I'm like, and if you find a mistake and you're the first one to identify it, I'll give you a free something. <laughs> ah, that's good. That makes them start reading it. I makes like them read it. it. Yep. Yep. Well, Steve, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. And strangely enough, our sponsor for the month is Top, Top Dog Learning Group. So let's hear from you guys. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida. But with Top Doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. So we are back with Dr. Steve Iacovelli, a.k.a the gay leadership dude trademark. <laughs> I, love, I just love adding the trademark in there. It makes me so happy. <laughs> My lawyer well, likes it too. <laughs> I know. I love it. I need to trademark something just to have it. In fact, everybody pe keeps asking me, you know, why I haven't trademarked shock your potential. Yeah. And my answer is uh, mostly because I'm too lazy. Um, but it is on the agenda because, you know, this year, my primary objective is to become a certified woman-owned business. Yay. Awesome. We are almost done with the process. By the time this airs, I should be done with it. So uh, awesome. then the next thing is the trademarking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and your minority-owned businesses, 
it, it's, it is an arduous task. I mean, I, I'm, yes. I'm LGBT certified in business. And um, I, I remember when I was going down that path, I'm like, come on, do I just show you like my marriage license to my husband of 23 years? They're like, uh, it's more in depth than that. I'm like, okay, so you know, it's, it's a process, but it's worth it. It's totally, totally it, it worth is. it. It is a long process. And yeah, I'm down to the end. I actually have, before I'm done today with my work day, I have, I think, three more things to submit to. I have somebody helping me with the process so that I can focus awesome. on the business. But, and boy, that was the best money I've spent. But it's, um, it is, it's a lot of work. And then I'm focusing on the trademarks, but those things are really important to differentiate and they help you in other times, which sure. kind of is a good segue to, you know, what I want to talk about or what, you know, we want to also cover. And that is about being resilient in times mm. of strife and change. And, yes. and, you know, my theme for this month is, you know, about mindful May, but taking care of ourselves and understanding, especially that we are coming out of something that has a global, um, impact on us, not to mention how each one of us has gone through and is still going through and will come out the other side of a pandemic on our businesses and our personal psyche. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that you have some material specifically to dealing with resilience. So can we talk about that a little bit about, you know, how we can help, you know, my listeners and viewers to, you know, embrace some of those concepts of resilience? Yeah. So one of the things that. um, you know, and, and so I, I kind of cut my teeth in the whole change management thing when I was an IBM consultant, I was a change consultant. And, and that's where I, I started trying to understand, you know, the human effect of, of changing things. And, and really, it boils down to um, our cave selves, and it's a safety mechanism. So people are less comfortable when things get mucked up and changed than some others. And so you kind of have that going on in, in your own programming. And, and so we, we all go through cycles. There's a whole bunch of models out there um, about, you know, the process of change and how humans go through it. You know, I, I'm a big fan of what's called the four rooms of change model, um, where it's like you start off with complacency. You know, and I always, um, if you remember the, the first Lego movie and there was a song, everything is awesome. That's kind I of what's playing. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, but that's what's playing in the in the background of the, you know, it's like complacent. You're like, you know, it's whether you're a business or a, per, or a human, you're like, no, everything's cool. I don't need to change. You know, there's also like the sun deck of complacency. You're just like, ah. While change is starting to happen around you, you're like, oh, rats. So something <laughs> triggers that, you know, maybe you might want to think about a change. And then you move into what's called the room of denial. And, you know, denial is like, oh, yeah, that's a change, but I don't need it. That's not for me. Yeah. You know, my business is fine, you know, says Kodak. They'll never really do digital photography. <laughs> We're fine. You know, the denial thing happens. Sometimes you can even get stuck in the, um, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you know back, back in the dungeon where you're just like, la, 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 you know, denial. Yeah. But then something triggers that and you move into the next room, which is the room of confusion. And I often say in my sessions, it's the ballroom of confusion because these rooms are not drawn to scale. And so yeah. this is where most organizations most people hang out when any change is happening. They're very confused. This is why we have communication strategies when we're doing a more formalized uh, change management thing. But ev eventually people can do one of three things in that room. There's an exit door where they're just like, I'm out of here. You know, and they, they escape the change, whatever that is. There's a, a, a sub basement to this room, which is the pit of paralysis, where it's just like, you know, I, I'm yeah. so confused. I'm just doing nothing. Um, yeah. Or you move up to the, the next and final room and that's the room of renewal. And that's where it's like, a lot of times you hear people saying like, oh my goodness, now that we're on this side of it, why didn't we do this before? And, yeah. and so 
And, and so when I, I explain that, and that's one model, like I said, there's a whole bunch of other ones out there. I just like that one because it's, it's succinct. It's you know proven with some really great research. But the concept of going through those rooms and in this model, everyone goes through that room, those four rooms, but the speed in which I go to, that's what we call resilience. And so I'm always going to start in that, that you know, room of, of contentment, you know, um, the end of February last year, friends, we were all just like, yeah, this is going to be a great year. 2020 is my year. And, you know, <laughs> we didn't know. And then all of a sudden we started moving into that, that room of denial, didn't we? Like, oh, oh yeah. it's, it's going to go away. It's just going to be yeah. in that part of the world. And then suddenly we're, you know, we are, and are, I think still are for the most part in that massive room of confusion. And yeah. so th those people who got there quicker, that's resiliency. Those who are actually kind of on their way to that room of um, renewal, where it's like, you know what, I can see the end, maybe not there yet, but I can see the end. I can see the, the glass half full on what happens when we're over there. You know, this is some of the stuff that we can kind of play around with. So as effective leaders, we want to be mindful of this particular process or whatever one you prescribe to and help those along the way and also be mindful of your own self and where yeah. you're at. I've said to folks during COVID that, you know, if, if you just made it through the week and that's it, fantastic. That's where you should have been that week. If you're, oh my goodness, I finished that week and I did these 28 things and sold these two blah, blah, blahs. Fantastic. Awesome for yeah. you. But we don't all need to be in either one of those spaces. Yeah. It's, that's so, that's so good too. I think about, you know, even the first few days where, you know, I've, throughout my career and my entrepreneurial journeys, I've usually, I've had a home office. So if I, if I'm not here, I'm on an airplane, I'm in a, you know, Marriott, I'm on a Delta flight or whatever. And, and my husband, you know, if I was home, worked in an office a mile away, walked yep. to work. So the first week that he was home, I felt this like incredible, like, what are you doing? I mean, he'd come down. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here in my, this is my basement of solitude, you know, yeah, yeah. This, this is my space. And I remember this, this feeling of, is it going to be like this forever? No, it's only going to be two weeks, right? We're going to do 14 days till the flatten the curve or whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a couple months. Then I'm like, oh yeah. my God, this is going to be at least a year. And then you're like, oh my God. But somewhere around like week three, we started blocking off our calendars to have lunch every day. So nobody gets a meeting in at noon and it. it became this, this, um, thing that I wanted to protect. Yeah. And I think since we've, since all of this has happened, I think we've only had it interrupted like three times and I'm annoyed when I do, cause I'm like, <laughs> oh. and many times we can, uh, adjust our calendars so that yeah. we can have it another time. But, you know, it's one of those things where you say, I didn't want this. I didn't like this. This was not my norm. But wow, there's something in this that I found really yeah. valuable. And when he goes back to the office, I will miss that terribly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's, it's so funny. My husband and I had this conversation last night, and you know, as we're starting to talk about, oh my gosh, I can see the vaccine thing. It's a coming at some point. And yeah. and so I asked him, I'm like, so are you going to go back to work every day? And he's like, I don't yeah. know. And I'm like, cause like, I mean, it's, I mean, we get along quite well and we set up the, the guest room as his office and, um, you know, we'll meet in the break room and, you know, sexually harass each other. Like, Hey, how you doing? You know, it's, it's, it's been really fun. Um, and I've not had a problem with that. And, and, um, I will miss that as well. And, 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 but I also feel very fortunate that, you know, I know some people are in smaller spaces and are on top oh, yeah. of each other and they have kids trying to homeschool behind them. And, and so, you know, yeah, and, 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 and I, 
oh my gosh, I can't either. And, and so I think about that in, in the veil of being an empathetic leader, which is one of the yeah. six competencies I talk about. And the, you know, being an empathetic leader now more than ever is so paramount for yeah. not just people's survival, but you know what? You're fostering trust when you do that. And, and that's oh, the golden rule, as you well know, of, yeah. of leadership effectiveness is you foster trust. And so yeah. if you can do that, fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be um, interesting when, when COVID is a different experience, whatever that means, and, yeah. and what that goes back to. I know we've, we carved out the mornings. Um, I don't take any meetings before 1030 now, and we yeah. make sure to do our little backyard boot camp. Um, yeah. We're in Florida. We can do that. And it's just, Absolutely. and our dogs go crazy and it's kind of funny. And so it's like, it's like, you know, you have goat yoga, we have like doggy boot camp, And so they're always barking and doing their thing. So <laughs> I appreciate that. But you're right. It's about finding those moments and, and giving ourselves a break for the tough days too, yeah. because there are tough days and there are days yeah. where, you know, especially with entrepreneurs who are like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Many haven't, many are barely yeah. holding on. Yeah, um, totally. But it's what, what are those, what are those elements that you can hold on to and say, Hey, at least I did this yeah. and give, give ourselves a little bit of that, that mental opportunity to say, this is partially resilience. Yeah. You know, this is understanding that this moment, if I'm just okay right now, this moment, and I had a great laugh with somebody and I got, and now I'm exercising like I, you know, never could before or whatever, yeah. then those are the moments that do prove our resilience. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, you know, and, and as I said earlier, the, the core or one of the best strategies to be resilient is, is a positive view of the world. And it's not like, you know, to quote my former boss, oh boy, everything's great. You know, it's not like those rose colored glasses kind of thing. It's, it's that, um, and my favorite, one of my favorite kids books is Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad mm. day. Mm -hmm. And I often say in these workshops that, you know what, even in those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, if you can sit there and identify just five things that went well, and it could be big or small, like um, I had a good laugh with a new, my new friend, Michael on the podcast. Mm -hmm tick. Yeah. Um, you know, I just came out of, of launching our, our leadership stuff with a client and my husband had made me my little lunch and it was sitting in the microwave. He's like, I got to go to work. Bye. I'm like, oh, cool. Check. You know, and, yeah. and it's those yeah. big and small things that if we can count those up, it really helps us see that glass half full versus half empty. And that's actually a, a fantastic strategy to be more resilient in times of change. I agree. Oh my gosh. We could talk forever uh, and just feed off each other's positivity. I know. Um, I, I know we're running out of time though, and we're going to have all your information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right this minute, what's the best way for them to find you? One stop shop, topdoglearning.biz, B I Z. Um, and if you mess up on .com, it'll redirect you where you need to go. <laughs> but uh, that's really where you can get a hold of me, see my teammates, um, learn about some of the online classes we have see things about my book. Um, you can even book some time to say hello if you have a need to. So it's topdoglearning.biz, B-I-Z. Love it. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I, I do. And, and, you know, I love that this is called shock your potential because if you reflect back, I mean, we've all been shocked. It, you know, whether we liked it or not. Mm -hmm. But I challenge everyone who's listening is to think about what are the positive things that have shocked you over the course of the last blah, blah, blah year um, that you wouldn't have found otherwise. For example, I haven't wore pants since March 13th. Um, and I know that sounds funny and it's meant to be funny actually. And I'm writing an article called the year I didn't wear pants. It's my experience in COVID, oh, but but it's really made me think about what did I do 
this past year? You know, yeah, I could, I could just survive some days, totally fine. But what are some of the other things I did? And I challenge everyone to think about that because you are a better, stronger, more awesome person on this side. Identify what that is. Amen to that. I love it. Dr. Steve, thank you so much, aka the Gay Leadership Dude trademark. I have just had a ball with you. And I'll tell you what, just the laughter alone has given me more resilience for my day and week to come. So thank you so much for being connected. Very welcome. Very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.